Welcome everybody. This is the Rotary Club of Worldwide Impact. I'm Patrick Hardeman, and today I'll be your host. We are part of an organization called Rotary International, made up of a global network of 1.4 million neighbors, friends, leaders, and problem solvers in more than 46,000 clubs doing service above self, locally, globally, and in our case, also digitally. As a Rotary Club, we approach every conversation as if we are on a shared learning journey. Our goal is to connect with and hear from fascinating, inspiring speakers, often with a message focused on the power of ideas to change lives, and by that, ultimately changing the world. And also, we'll bring you a little inspiration to allow you to think about how you can make a difference as well. We're glad that you joined us today, and we hope you enjoy how we explore technology in the service of others. On this occasion, our guest is John Nanny, a member of the Rotary Club of Middletown, Odessa, Townsend, MOT, in Middletown, Delaware. John has given over 375 polio talks to Rotary Clubs, district conferences and assemblies, RILA, Rotract, Interact, training seminars worldwide, you name it. John has circled the globe three times in Zoom, delivering his message on Polio Plus. John is currently, amongst many, many other things, part of the Polio Eradication Advocacy Task Force for the US Congress, member of World Greatest Meal Team, board member of the Polio Survivors Rotary Action Group, a Rotary Foundation major donor, member of the Paul Harris Society, member of Rotary Foundation Benefactor Endowment. Uh, thanks for his advocacy, John received Rotary's Regional Service Award for Polio Free World, and also this year, Rotary International Service Award for Polio Free World. In this program, we'll learn more about Rotary's Polio Plus program, including what the PLUS stands for, his own history of polio in 1953, and the current polio situation around the world, including the recent case in New York State. Thank you so much for being here, John. I'll hand you the mic and welcome to the Rotary Club of Worldwide Impact. You know, I, I really appreciate the invite. Uh, you know, I uh, looked into your mission statement and all that and uh, really have a lot of respect for what you folks are accomplishing and, and uh, working on and, you know, keep up the great work. So in addition to my discussion on polio, post-polio syndrome and Rotary's Polio Plus, I feel it's important to discuss the recent case of polio in Rockland County, New York, just miles north of New York City. Uh, because we now, instead of only of our saying that we're a plane right away, here in the United States, especially in the Northeast of the uh, United States, we're only a car ride away. When I'm presenting to Rotarians, I often feel I'm preaching to the choir because so many Rotarians are so dedicated to ending polio. However, often many Rotarians know little about polio and most, most of the time, uh, nothing about post-polio syndrome, how we are saving millions from a life of pain and suffering by ending polio. I'm here today as a polio survivor representing an estimated 20 million polio survivors in the world. However, as a Rotarian, I'm representing about 20 million people saved from polio walking around today because of the incredible progress Rotary and its world partners have made in protecting children with polio vaccinations. And that life is good and no matter what the future holds for me physically, I truly am one of the lucky ones. Um, for years we've been saying that, uh, you know, we're 
a polio or we're a plane ride away. But now, like I said, we're only a car ride away. To me, this slide is the most powerful slide I have in my presentation. It's a 24 hour global aviation pattern of the world uh, pre-pandemic. It's each line represents a plane ride. You can hardly see North America and Europe here on the map. To me, this shows how COVID-19 spread so fast two years ago and how polio spread to New York only a few months ago. Polio was one of the most feared infectious diseases in the 20th century. And I think most of us would agree that the coronavirus is the most feared infectious disease so far in the 21st century. So polio is a virus that attacks the nerves that control your muscles. COVID-19, a virus that attacks mainly the respiratory system, but so much is unknown about the COVID, uh, coronavirus, especially the long-term effects for those who have had, you know, who have been infected. However, scientists actually knew less about polio back in the 1950s than today's scientists know about the coronavirus. Like COVID-19, they didn't know why some that caught polio had mild or no symptoms and others so severe that they died or had extreme outcomes. In the case of polio, paralyzed limbs and breathing issues. Like COVID-19, people were contagious before they had symptoms, thus unknowingly infecting others. In fact, they now know that for every diagnosed case of paralytic polio, there were as many as 200 people with polio walking around with little or no symptoms at all, infecting others. Many of them now have post-polio syndrome, and because they don't know they had that polio, uh, have no idea what is causing their issues. To me, polio is like an iceberg. You know, the tip of the iceberg shows one diagnosed case of polio. And what you can't see below the surface is 191 cases with little or no symptoms at all, but still very contagious. One of the many reasons why polio is so hard to eradicate. Polio is what they call a enterovirus, where the polio virus enters the body through the mouth. Young kids' nervous systems aren't developed like adults, which is one reason why uh, young kids got polio more than adults and why they mainly vaccinate uh, kids five years and younger. Um, like today's pandemic in the 1950s, before the Salk vaccine, people were frightened. It was a scary time because catching polio was as easy as catching a cold. For me, the biggest difference between polio and COVID pandemics is the acceptance of vaccines. Here's a photo of a Sunday afternoon uh, after the Salk vaccine was proven to be safe. We didn't have the internet back in the 1950s with self-proclaimed experts that misled concerned parents with false information on the dangers of vaccines. These anti-vaxxers have created areas of low immunizations, not only in developing countries, but here in countries like the United States. In 2019, 
because we have areas of the United States with lower vaccination rates than India, Pakistan, Nigeria, or Afghanistan. There were over 1,300 cases of measles in the United States in 2019. The US was declared measles eradicated in 2000. Anti-vaxxers say measles is a minor illness like the cold. It is not. In fact, the very same Rockland County, New York, that had a recent case of vaccine-derived polio was the epicenter of that measles outbreak in 2019. That brings us to the case of polio in Rockland County, New York. Like I said, only miles north of New York City. A 29-year-old man who was unvaccinated for most childhood viruses came in contact with someone who had been vaccinated against polio with the oral polio vaccine. Because the US stopped using the oral polio vaccine in 2000, this case had to come from overseas. There are two distinct aspects of the polio virus that we are uh, in the process of eradicating, wild polio and vaccine-derived polio. Wild polio, uh, is the same strain of wild polio virus that has plagued the world since uh, 1500 BC. Hieroglyphics found in Egypt show proof that polio existed over 3,500 years ago. So we are also in the process of uh, stopping the vaccine-derived polio. As you may know, there are two types of vaccines. The first one that Jonas Salk developed in 1955 is the inactive or injectable polio vaccine, or known as the IPV, which is delivered in the form of an injection. Most developed countries have switched to the IPV vaccine. Like I said, the US switched to it in the year 2000. Albin, Albert Sabin developed the oral polio vaccine uh, in 1959 and has a weakened live polio virus in the vaccine and, and is delivered by placing two drops of the vaccine in the mouth of the child, like the one in the photo. A few months ago, Rotary and its world partners vaccinated 38 million kids in one weekend in Pakistan. It would be impossible to do this with the injectable polio vaccine because you need a medically trained person to vaccinate um, somebody with the injectable polio vaccine. So therefore the oral polio vaccine must be used. Unfortunately, in rare occasions, the oral polio vaccine will mutate and convert to being contagious. It happens in uh, one in two and a half million kids who are vaccinated. It also happens, uh, especially in under-vaccinated areas with poor sanitation. So far, we've had uh, almost 500 cases of vaccine-derived polio cases in 19 countries um, in, in 2022, including the one in uh, Rockland County, New York. The good news is that there's a new oral polio vaccine that Rotary and its world partners have developed not to mutate and will not cause these cases of vaccine-derived polio. This new oral polio vaccine is currently being rolled out to those countries and, and has already been proven to be very, very successful in stopping uh, the vaccine-derived uh, cases 
in those 19 countries. So it, it's great news and really will be one of those nails that puts, finally puts a nail, you know, puts the uh, final nail in the uh, coffin of uh, polio. The vaccine derived polio virus uh, that has been found in waste treatment plants in, the, in, in all of the counties surrounding Rockland County, including New York City and Long Island. And as I stated, for every case of diagnosed polio, there as many as 200 cases with little or no symptoms. These cases are rarely counted because if they do have slight symptoms, people think it's the flu or now COVID and don't get tested. This is very concerning since Rockland County has less than 50% vaccination rates. The problem with that is twofold. First, besides people catching polio, many of those who are not diagnosed will have significant chances of having post-polio syndrome many years from now. Because they weren't diagnosed with polio, it's unlikely they will be properly diagnosed with post-polio syndrome and will suffer without knowing why. And even worse, being misdiagnosed with other unrelated illnesses where the treatments are totally opposite for a post-polio syndrome sufferer. The other concern is that those who are not diagnosed are contagious and spreading polio to the un, unvaccinated and those who, with uh, immune systems that are compromised. And they will continue, that will continue to happen for many years if the majority of people in those areas are not vaccinated to create herd immunity. Unfortunately, vaccines have become a victim of their own success. Today, because of the success of vaccines, many have no idea the importance of herd immunity because there are some people who cannot be vaccinated or others who have a medical condition like cancer going through chemotherapy causing a compromised immune system or a baby under the age of 12 months old who cannot receive a number of their vaccines yet. It's important to have the majority of people around those people be vaccinated, thus created creating what's called herd immunity, a term that has been politicized, but the true meaning of herd immunity is based on science and vaccinating as much of the community as possible. You need 95% of the community vaccinated against measles to create herd immunity. For polio, you need 85% of the community vaccinated against polio to create herd immunity against polio. We don't know what the percentage is for COVID, but it's estimated uh, that um, around 70 to 80% of the population of the world will need to be vaccinated for uh, COVID-19 to uh, create this herd immunity. So this is me just before I started to walk. And what's interesting in this photo is what's missing. My mom refused to have my leg braces photographed for fear that people would ostracize me or my family because I had polio. My mom would tell me how well after I recovered from polio and was no longer contagious, we would be walking down the street and people would literally cross the street to avoid coming in contact with us. They didn't know how long somebody was contagious. My journey with polio began six months before the SOC vaccine was widely tested. Uh, I was only 10 months old when I came down with polio. Um, I was paralyzed from my neck down for six months. 
my mom did Sister Kinney's physical therapy on me. Sister Kinney was a nurse from Australia who developed the physical therapy program for polio victims so their muscles didn't atrophy while they were paralyzed. My mom did such a great job on me that I walked a year later. I actually played baseball, basketball, and football in high school. However, my coaches didn't know I had polio and my parents didn't know it would affect my ability to compete. <laughs> I, I was very slow and very clumsy. My coaches always yelled at me and often called me lazy. It was a very frustrating time in my life. But that was polio for a lot of polio survivors. Uh, again, I was one of the lucky ones. I was blessed because I was too young to remember having polio. My mom would tell me how I would scream in pain when she stretched my muscles while I was paralyzed. For those who were older when they got polio, they remember all too well the pain and suffering uh, and how many of them suffered through multiple painful corrective surgeries. One friend of mine even had their good leg shortened five inches to match their polio leg so they could walk without a significant limp. So these are some of the symptoms uh, those of us with post-polio syndrome often encounter. These symptoms show up about 30 to 40 years after the original polio virus attack in as many as 70% of those paralyzed by polio. The polio virus doesn't come back. Basically, the muscles that took over for the damaged polio muscles start dying off early from overuse. When I turned 40, I started to have um, most of these uh, symptoms that are on the screen right now, renewed muscle weakness, joint pain, and extreme fatigue. Eventually, after seeing 10 different doctors in two years, many of them never having seen a polio survivor, I was finally diagnosed with post-polio syndrome. Like I said, many of many never get that diagnosis of post-polio syndrome and suffer without knowing why. 30 years later, I'm confined to a wheelchair for most of my mobility. For every child we save from polio, we truly are saving them from a life of pain and suffering. For me, the old adage of use it or lose it had to be replaced by conserve to preserve. To avoid overuse and further damage to my polio muscles, I now restrict my steps to a couple hundred steps a day. Many days each step is very painful. However, I've learned that there's very little I can't do. I just have to find a different way of doing it. And I'm lucky I live in a world where there are organizations like Rotary International and Rotarians like yourself who care, for, who care about the welfare of others and who put service above self. So as you know, Rotary started Polio Plus in 1985. 125 endemic countries had almost a thousand cases of paralytic polio a day. So far in 2022, we've had 30 cases of wild polio, two in Afghanistan, 20 in Pakistan, and eight in Mozambique, which genetic testing traces these eight cases back to Pakistan thus showing again how easy polio can be spread to other nations and why polio, if not er eradicated, is a world threat. 
This is a small sample of the difficulty polio plus vaccinators go through to protect the cold chain of the vaccine and to get the vaccine to remote areas. Certainly a blueprint that polio plus created to show how to protect the cold chain of the COVID-19 vaccines and to get the COVID-19 to remote areas. There are many obstacles to eradicate polio, like the virus's ability to live outside of our bodies in fecal matter. Additional obstacles include war, migrating populations, difficult terrain, poor sanitation in areas that have low vaccination rates, and the lack of vaccine acceptance. So I'm often asked, what's the plus in polio plus? Uh, while eradicating polio being the main goal, the infrastructure and the workforce that Polio Plus created was also used to help promote, is also used to promote good health throughout the world. For example, during National Immunization Days in countries that have measles, during the polio uh, uh, vaccine, vaccination campaign, they also distribute the measles uh, vaccine and also distribute vitamin A supplements during vaccination campaigns in areas that the children have poor nutrition, preventing many child deaths from vitamin A deficiencies. So during this unprecedented time with the COVID pandemic, door-to-door -door vaccinations stopped for months, but that didn't stop Rotary's Polio Plus machine. The infrastructure Rotary helped build, including its tools, workforce, and extensive surveillance network, networks, have been used to help spread um, COVID, to help prevent the spread of COVID-19 uh, in many um, undeveloped countries. To me, this truly represents the plus in Polio Plus, just as it did in the past to respond to outbreaks of Ebola, yellow fever, and the avian flu. Uh, a prime example of that is the role Polio Plus played in stopping the Ebola outbreak twice in the past eight years in Africa, especially in Nigeria, literally stopping the Ebola outbreak from becoming a pandemic. The Polio Plus program and its workers, while working hard to eradicate polio, also distribute mosquito nets in countries that have malaria. Polio plus drills boreholes in villages that have contaminated water, thus providing far farmers like this man clean water for his herd and family. This polio survivor in Nigeria had no way of supporting himself until Rotary's Polio Plus taught him how to build hand-driven bikes to help polio survivors in Nigeria to get around without dragging themselves on, their, on the ground on their hands and knees. He started a company building these bikes and has provided thousands of bikes to fellow polio survivors in Nigeria. Here's one of his employees, also a polio survivor, that now has a job and is a productive member of society because of Rotary's Polio Plus program. These are just a few examples of so many projects that encompass the plus in Polio Plus. Last year, Rotary and its world partners vaccinated more than 450 million kids in developing countries. This year, we will vaccinate more than 600 million kids. Really an incredible task. So while confronting the new challenges of today, it's important that we can uh, continue to fight 
to end polio, to sustain our commitment to the children of the world that Rotary made in 1985, and to reach our fundraising goal of $50 million, just like we did last year, that qualified us for the full Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation matching monies, making our $50 million become $150 million. And did you know a Snickers bar costs more than a, a polio vaccine? Uh, there are many ways to think outside of the box to raise money for Polio Plus. Uh, one is uh, the world's greatest meal to help end polio. Uh, it was a project that uh, two friends met in, in London. Um, uh, one, a London uh, person and uh, Rotarian and another uh, Suzanne Ray, who is a, uh, a polio survivor and a Rotarian in Australia. They met for lunch in London. They fought over the bill. Okay. Suzanne lost. And so she said what she was going to pay for lunch, she's, she's gonna donate the Rotary's Polio Plus. Thus the first world's greatest meal to help end polio. And uh, over the past seven years, through a very, very successful social media campaign, they've raised enough uh, money to vaccinate uh, 20 million kids. Great way and a fun way to uh, support the Rotary's Polio Plus program. Another way is um, many districts, in fact, I believe Rotary International has just uh, picked this up as a international project, uh, Polio Plus Society, where a Rotarian uh, pledges to donate $100 uh, to Rotary's Polio Plus every year until polio is eradicated. So Rotary was there at the beginning of this monumental effort to eradicate polio, and we must be there at the end. Rotary's partners, Global Polio Eradication Initiative, this past fall, announced their polio eradication strategy for 2022 through 2026, delivering on a promise. Like I said, a promise that was made to the children of the world back in 1985. While polio cases have gone down from 350,000 cases of wild polio a year back in 1988, down to only 30 cases so far this year. Polio remains one of only two world declared public health emergencies of international concern. Obviously COVID-19 pandemic being the other declared emergency. Earlier, I talked about one of the issues that post polio syndrome and polio survivors have and it's fatigue. Well, there's another type of fatigue involved, rotary polio fatigue. We've been at this for over 35 years. When I talked about the plus in polio plus, I left one major one out. The polio plus program is the root of all of Rotary's current seven areas of focus. The Polio Plus program taught Rotary the importance of partnerships with other organizations, both public and private. It created a model of how Rotary operates today. Rotary's Polio Plus is and will be our legacy. What would that legacy look like if we don't eradicate polio? This past October 24th, Rotary celebrated World Polio Day. But for the kids in the world that haven't been vaccinated yet, World Polio Day should be every day. 
we still have work to do to finish the job. So I imagine in the movie Back to the Future, uh, if Marty McFly and Doc, and Doc talked about the success that Rotary has had in eradicating polio, they would both turn to each other and say, we can't go back. Thank you for your continued support and for listening to my story. If we have time, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Uh, really inspiring story. Uh, it's really great to hear more and get more insight of the history of polio and the development of the vaccines, your own personal life journey, journey dealing with polio, uh, and of course, the Rotary Polio Plus campaign, which we're all proud of. Um, and I think you showed us again how small the world is and thus how important our continued fight against polio is and will remain. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the hearing our audience questions. Uh, I'll take them as they come. And I saw the first question coming in from Mustafa. Um, sure, uh, John, thanks for, um, you know, sharing with us all this information and your journey. And um, I really appreciate your uh, courage to uh, take on your, uh, in your journey, fighting polio. And my, my question is usually uh, for the majority or for those people who usually take the freedom of a choice when they do refuse to vaccinate. And uh, as for the talk about like taking this um, for their kids because they cannot make a choice, but they say like, no, we don't wanna get them vaccinated for whatever reasons, maybe alter DNA or just like mutation or anything like that. How can you, how actually you deal with those type of people? Cause those type of viruses is contagious. And if those people didn't get vaccinated, it's gonna be spreading more widely. So how usually, um, you talk through those people and convince them to, to be able to take the vaccination. Well, it, it, it's certainly a problem. Like I said, uh, you know, back in 1955, we didn't have the internet. And in those developing countries that still have polio, they have the internet. So they see, you know, these, uh, you know, little bits of information of uh, little facts that are twisted that really interfere with the actual whole story of, of what vaccines can or can't do. And, and like I said, vaccines have been uh, um, a victim of their own success. Uh, one of the things that Rotary and this World Partners do is, is an incredible campaign, especially in the developing countries that still have polio, on the importance of vaccines. Um, I just saw a graph of where the money is actually spent. Um, only 17% of the money raised to eradicate polio goes to actual uh, the cost of vaccines. Uh, almost 50% goes to the cost of um, getting information out about polio and the importance of vaccinating. And that's probably the, the biggest thing that um, during the national immunization days in say Pakistan or Afghanistan or Nigeria um, is the, and primarily women, okay, about 80% of all vaccinators that go door to door are women. Uh, they give this information out about the importance of vaccines. And the reason why it's women, because especially in Muslim countries, 
Um, a man cannot enter a home if the man of the house is not home, but women can. Therefore, by employing women to do the door-to-door -door vaccinations, you substantially reduce the number of missed uh, homes. So those are the types of things. And it's a matter of you know, every Rotarian being an advocate and talking up the importance of vaccines. And uh, I mean, 1500 kids a day die in developing countries in the world, okay? Every day, 1500 kids a day from preventable, uh, vac preventable uh, you know, vaccine uh, diseases. So, you know, we all have a role to play and to get that information out there, uh, you know, most, well, actually I know of no religion that the, the governing body of that religion, the head of that religion or whatever has ever come out saying vaccines um, are against our religion, okay? So like here in the United States, one of the big ways kids, the parents get the kids not to have to vaccinate is to say religious belief. Well, that really doesn't play out well, okay, as, as an argument, okay. Um, for instance, in Afghanistan, we were always told that the Taliban was against vaccinations. They weren't against vaccinations. They were against the Western world coming in, going door to door, giving vaccinations, uh, being afraid that the Western world was spying on them. When the Taliban took over uh, Afghanistan, not a good thing in many, many ways, especially for the rights of women. But as far as polio, they've actually reached, they actually reached out to polio plus uh, instead of the other way around saying that we want to eradicate polio and they have provided security in areas that we haven't been in in 20 years to vaccinate kids and they've provided security to polio vaccinators. So those are the kinds of things that we need to make sure the world knows the importance. A great question. Thank you, Ms. Hoffa. Thanks, John. Thanks. Thank you. I got a few questions in the chat and I saw Theo raise the hand. So Theo, would you like to share your question with us? Uh, John, uh, thank you very much for this uh, very exciting story. You're, you're, you're really motivating me to, uh, to, to, to join this, uh, this, this battle on the uh, Get Polio Redicated. I saw your 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 figures from 2021 and 2022, where where 2021 was only six uh, cases, and then in 2022 we had all uh, all of a sudden we had 30 cases uh, uh, in 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 more countries. Um, does this spread change anything about the way how how is dealt with polio? Is 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 it uh, has it influence? on the yeah what we have to do uh, in order to to get the numbers down again mm -hmm. well the numbers are actually way down in afghanistan and um and like i said with the taliban wanting us to back uh, 
vaccinating, we've been able to get into those areas. Uh, the reason why Pakistan has increased substantially is because the previous government of Pakistan, um, for whatever reasons, did not go into certain areas of Pakistan, especially the southern portion of Pakistan, okay? And they did not vaccinate in those areas, okay? The new government of Pakistan over a year and a half, I think, um, is dedicated to eradicating polio. In fact, there are a number of Rotarians that are in the upper levels of uh, the uh, Pakistani government, okay? And we have gotten into areas that we, in Pakistan that we've not been into and have found cases. And that's why the case numbers have gone up. Those are cases that have been going on for uh, probably a couple of decades because we've not been in there monitoring and doing uh, environmental sampling and, and that kind of thing. So um, we're hoping over the past three months, there's only been a couple of cases reported in Pakistan. So those uh, cases, the majority of the cases, which are only in, the majority are only in one small area that only has like 25,000 kids, okay? Um, we're in the early part of 2022, okay? Um, so they're doing a, a lot better job of getting into those areas. And that's what basically, to answer your question, that's basically what we're doing is getting- Yeah, that gives areas. us some perspective on the, on the numbers. Absolutely, right. yeah, very good, thank you. Yep. So John, I got a few questions in the chat. Um, personal question for you, uh, how did you become part of the polio eradication uh, task force of the US government? Well, um, because I had a voice out there and, um, you know, the US government is the third largest donator to the polio eradication effort. The Bill and Melinda Gates being, uh, Foundation being number one, Rotary International being two, and the United States government giving money to uh, CDC and UNICEF um, is, is, is number three. And what we do, and, and I've been, I, I only live two hours away from Washington, DC. So um, as somebody that's been an advocate for uh, polio eradication, uh, they asked me to be part of the team that informs um, U.S. Senators and U.S. House of Representatives, uh, members of Congress, on the importance of keeping up the uh, funding for um, polio eradication, especially in the form of uh, CDC and UNICEF. So those two are uh, the uh, two partners of um, Rotary's uh, uh, group called the Global Polio Eradication Initiative uh, that really do the work in those countries. Um, and, you know, Rotary's main goal is, uh, objective is to raise money and also do national immunization days and things like that. So, uh, so it was, uh, it was an honor. Uh, John Germ, past uh, president of Rotary International, uh, asked me to join and uh, it was an honor to join the advocacy task force for the U.S. Congress. Thank you. 
Cool, thank you. Um, I saw Arina has a question. Uh, it's just a small question compared to the other questions. But I was wondering, what does the oral vaccine taste like? Well, um, when when I got it, it was uh, on a sugar cube, so it tasted really great. Um, you know, in fact, um, I don't know if you know the uh, uh, song called "A Spoonful of Sugar Makes the Medicine Go Down." Yeah, it does, um, doesn't it? That, that was actually the uh, composer of the songs for that movie. Um, you know, was looking for an upbeat song, and uh, you know really stymied of what to do. And uh, he came home one day and his kids had just been vaccinated. They got it, the uh, oral polio vaccine on a uh, sugar cube and, and told their father, well, you know, it tasted great because it was, you know, a spoonful of sugar. And, that, and that's how that song came about. Great question. And, and, and also <laughs> another little fact is that, um, Candyland was actually developed for polio survivors, especially polio survivors in uh, kids in iron lungs. And they, the board game Candyland was developed for polio survivors. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That was cool. Well, thanks for your answer. Yeah. Yeah, I've got another question. Um, I think my generation and, and younger generations are not really familiar with polio and you kind of touched on the, the success of the campaign. But did you, do you think that, um, we are saying we are this close for, for many years now, do you think the success of the campaign is actually the factor that stops us fulfilling the goal of the campaign? And, and if so, how do we reach the, way to say for us, but the younger generations to keep continue the fight of polio? Yeah, I, I think um, the COVID pandemic has actually helped the scenario um, in the aspect of un understanding the importance of vaccines and, um, you know, the importance well with Rotary, it's really a matter of understanding and, and the uh, fact that it is our legacy program and it's important that we finish the job. And it's a matter of people like myself, you know, uh, talking to people like you folks, uh, showing that it, you know, we really need to end end it. And you know, I'm often asked, okay, well, you know, once we eradicate polio, you know, what's the next disease that we go after? And and I've been pushing that we don't choose one particular disease. Uh, to eradicate. I want, because of the infrastructure and the program and the, you know, the incredible um, project that Rotary's Polio Plus has been, I, once we eradicate polio, I want them to change the name to Health Plus so we can continue to use the uh, infrastructure and, and, and all of the programs to help bring uh, good health throughout the whole world. And that will fall right in line with um, organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's uh, goal to promote good health and uh, reduce infant mortality. Um, you know, it falls in line of all of our seven areas of focus. So, you know, that's really where we really need to 
concentrate on, you know, making sure that we do and, you know, and polio. I think that's a brilliant answer to thank you. Feel the deal for today. Um, thank you again, John. Um, okay, thank you, everybody, thank you. for your questions and for joining us for this recording. Um, you may be hearing this on your favorite podcast service, watching it on our own YouTube channel, uh, or viewing it on the club's website. If you enjoyed the program, please share it with friends, family, Rotarians, and don't forget to leave a good rating and review because we like those five stars. Um, so with that, I'd like to thank John again for being here with us. Uh, and I want to give him one last word. John, could you give us one closing remark to uh, end the show for today? Well, as a polio survivor, I know what life is like when uh, polio devastates the nervous system of a kid. So uh, please remember that we are not just ending a virus. We are ending suffering of many, many people throughout, you know, throughout their whole life. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you again, John. Thank you, everybody. And see you next time.